Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So we're beginning our retreat at an auspicious time. There was full moon last night, uh, which is in many uh, Buddhist countries considered uh, very auspicious. In fact, in uh, Sri Lanka, where my family is originally from, it's actually a national holiday uh, every full moon because each full moon commemorates some time of the Buddha's life, of his birth and his uh, enlightenment and his death and his beginning of his teaching and so on. And this full moon was particularly unusual one. It's what was called the blue moon. So that's when there's two full moons in the same month. So you heard the expression, once in a blue moon. So this was that, uh, which I think happens every several years. So it's a, a good time to launch our retreat here. So to begin with, I thought I would start at the beginning and uh, talk a little bit about sitting posture and also what we're up to in the meditation practice in general. Now I know some of you have a lot of experience with uh, meditation, so this might be a review, but maybe there's something that might strike you new from this as well. So we're actually learning to pay attention to whatever is happening in the body and mind system. So based on that, actually, it doesn't matter what posture you take. And it is actually helpful and conducive to the stability of the mind to be able to notice if we can actually have a posture that allows us to be steady. So one of the things that we notice is that the mind conditions the body and the body conditions the mind. So a posture that helps the mind to be steady is a helpful one for our practice. But this could be many different ways. So some people sit uh, cross-legged, like the Buddha and like Pascal and Eowyn are. So if you're doing that, a couple of tips with that. Um, You can put your cushion under your sitting bones that sometimes gives you like a little bit of lift in your hips like that. Uh, Also is conducive to having your spine being relatively upright. So that can be good for wakefulness when your spine seems to be upright. Even if it seems to collapse during the meditation sitting, just begin with some sense of wakefulness. Sometimes when people sit cross-legged, they find it's um, helpful to sit with, uh, I think it's called Burmese style, with the legs kind of like not necessarily crisscrossed on each other. Because sometimes if you sit for a while with your legs crisscrossed, the um, point of the contact can be a place where they fall asleep or some pain comes. So you could see if it's possible to put the legs like this. right? But basically sit in a way that feels good for your body. Also with sitting cross-legged, if you're not someone who sits cross-legged a lot in your life, then uh, it might be that your body 
will complain after doing this for repeated sittings during the day. Among the things it might complain about is uh, that, you know, the knee joint only bends this one way, so it's not like a circular joint, right? So if you're finding that your knees are not touching the ground, uh, like this model here, then uh, you could actually take something and put it under your knee, like that, to sort of give it a little bit of rest. And uh, it's helpful not to try to force the knee joint to do something it doesn't uh, naturally do. Usually the tightness comes actually in the hips. So it's actually the hip that isn't uh, used to or stretched out enough to be open like that. So you can give the poor knee joint a break from pushing it and stuff like that. So sometimes propping up a little bit there helps. Another uh, good posture is uh, kneeling down, which some people are doing. So in the kneeling down posture, you could either use a bench or you can put a cushion. Uh, look, my model is doing this now too. Thank you. You can put cushion like under your butt like that. Sometimes people put two like that. Uh, and then again, you could have your upright spine kind of posture. And then some people like to kind of back it up a little on their uh, zabutan so that their toes hang over the edge of their mat, their meditation flying carpet like that. Yeah. Uh, then sometimes it puts a little less pressure on the ankles. So you could experiment with that if you like. So thank you, Pascal. Also, for those who sit the kneeling way, sometimes people find after they sit for a while like that that they're having some tension in their shoulders. And you could put something on your lap to prop your uh, hands on, so even like a sweatshirt or something, um, because sometimes having your arms down for a long time uh, can feel put tension on the shoulders. But you can see, you can adjust as you go along. And then sitting on a chair also equally legitimate posture, even though you don't see too many statues of the Buddha doing that. Uh, Still, it's a perfectly good meditation posture, and it's my primary posture. Similar uh, guidelines around that, that it also is helpful to have the spine upright. And some people like to uh, not lean back in the chair, but kind of keep their, their back upright on its own, if that's possible, if you don't have too much back pain. You can play with that and see, like if the leaning back tends to make you more kind of slumpy in your mind, or if it's helpful to be up like that. You can have a kind of similar stability to the cross-legged sitting posture. If you think about yourself as like a tripod, so your legs, each foot is one of the legs of the tripod, and then your butt on the chair is the other one. So then you have this stability from those three points too. So with that, it actually can be better to have your legs um, out a little bit, as is comfortable, as opposed to keeping the legs you know, demurely together like that. Right? So you can feel stability with that. And then wherever you like to keep your hands, if it's on your knees or in your lap. Uh, sometimes people like to practice with their hands in this kind of mudra, with the thumbs together. And this can be another place uh, where you can notice, interestingly, if you're trying too hard, being too tense, then sometimes your thumbs are like pushed together very hard. And then sometimes you can notice if you're getting sleepy that you start to collapse, the whole thing collapse like that. So So it's helpful for one meditation period to commit to one posture. 
but it also is completely legitimate to change your posture from sitting to sitting. So if you find it's difficult to sit on the floor a lot, you could sometimes sit in the chair and sometimes sit on the floor. Right? That's also fine. Or sometimes just cross-legged, sometimes kneeling is also fine too. So it's not wrong or kind of a sin to move during the meditation. Uh, Everything is actually fair game within our practice of awareness. And so it actually can be interesting to notice when there's an urge to move that arises. And then even if we do move, to notice that, what it's like as we move, you know, what it's like as we change our body posture, and then what it's like as we assume a new body posture. So I'm suggesting you could make all of that actually part of your practice. So the, the uh, initial thing can be to try to be as steady as possible in the one posture that you've chosen for that sitting. So that actually helps you with uh, noticing too. So sometimes I think about this sitting practice as like you come in and you say like, all right, let me sit here and then let whatever it is arise in my body and mind and I will be to just notice that. So it's actually a very courageous act, you know. It's like, let me sit there and bring it on, whatever it is. Body sensations or emotions or thoughts or uh, external, internal. And let me just notice and see, like, how the world gets made up, how reality is constructed. So it can be helpful to notice that and then notice if there's an urge to move, what that feels like in your body. This is actually mindfulness. Mindfulness is being present in an open way, in a kind way, to see how things get constructed, how things are. So this is as opposed to an ordinary way of being, which is often to just be reactive. So say there's a sensation in the body that happens, and then instantly we move to itch it, or wiggle, or adjust, basically seeking comfort in some way. So it's actually just to notice this pattern too and how often that comes up. But what we're practicing is actually a different, more spacious way of being where we can notice those impulses that arise but actually have the freedom not to have to react to them but be able to choose when to respond. So as we sit, you can also be interested if there's an urge to move. Like, oh, what does that feel like in the body? Like, where is that in my body? And What is it like and what is it doing? What is it actually doing in the body versus what my mind is saying about it? And then if you choose to move, try to do that mindfully if you can. So notice, okay, I'm gonna move, like what it feels like to move this, shift to the new position, what it feels like there, and then make it all part of the practice too. So everything in the mind and body system is part of our practice. Nothing is left out. And still, sometimes it can help to be a little bit focused about the object of the awareness, uh, just to give the mind a little bit of stability of something to pay attention to. It's not necessary, and you can gauge uh, how it is going with your awareness. But sometimes people will use something like either the breath, attending to the breath, or attending to the body as a whole, 
or opening to the field of hearing, of sound, as a place to rest attention. And then noticing where the attention goes and what you're noticing, how it naturally moves. But then you could always come back to that place, that particular breath or body or hearing. So in this uh, first period of practice, you could try that out with one of them and see how it goes. Uh, Or if you have some usual way that you practice like that, you could do that. So thinking in the meditation is not actually the enemy. So the goal is not to not think. It's actually just to notice thinking as part of the natural way that our body-mind system works. But it is a different uh, relationship than we usually have to thinking, to be able to notice that we're thinking as opposed to just being lost in thought or thinking about something. So for this reason also, sometimes it's helpful to have the body, which is often neglected, as a place of attention, and then notice when the mind goes to thinking, or to rest in hearing, and then notice when the mind goes to thinking. So Pascal had mentioned that in the Buddhist uh, teachings, psychological teachings, there are six sense doors. So it's the ones that you learned in uh, kindergarten probably, so seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, hearing. And then sixth one is the mind. But now when you're sitting here in the meditation hall, uh, and primarily you'll have your eyes closed. If you're very sleepy, you could open your eyes and keep your gaze downward, but mostly with the eyes closed. Then we think about it, actually there's mostly three sense doors that are open for business there. So you're not actually visually seeing something, eyes are closed. Usually you're not tasting anything unless some bit of breakfast dislodges from your mouth or something. And mostly not, not a lot of smells coming, occasionally, but mostly not. So actually primarily what experiences when you're sitting in meditation like this is hearing, body sensations, and thinking. And that's pretty much it. It's like a multiple choice in Vipassana here. There's three, three different things happening. Thinking, hearing, or sensing, like feeling with the body. So you can also notice like that, uh, if you like to notice, just like which of these things is happening in the moment, which of these three things is happening in the moment. And usually it's going to be one of those three, too. So enough words from this side. So you can take up the posture that you think will be helpful for you for this period. can connect with the feeling of your body. So sensing your body as you're sitting on your cushion or bench or chair. And just noticing whatever it is that is easy to notice from that.
could be there's pressure, you could notice the temperature, cold or hot. It could be tingling. So just feeling your body as you're sitting here. You can also just check in and see if you notice if there's a particular mood or emotion that's present for you at the moment. Could be there's something strong, could be that there's not so much. If there is, you can just notice that, see what you feel, excitement or sadness, irritation, joy. Just notice where you can feel that. How do you know that that's the mood or emotion that's present? By feeling that in your body, not by thinking about it. By feeling it out in your heart. What is that actually like? Joy or fear? You can choose to rest your attention with your body as a whole. Just feeling the experience of sitting. You can notice the body breathing, which it does naturally. So with an attitude of listening and interest. You can notice if your mind is thinking, if a thought object has appeared. You can even notice what that is. Thinking, is it planning, judging?
notice how the breath and the thoughts and everything just comes on its own. If the thought passes, you can rest your attention again at the body with the breath. So you can connect with the body in the way that feels easiest for you, most natural. It could be in just feeling the body as a whole and whatever sensations within that are apparent to you. Sometimes it can be noticing particular parts, the hands, the feet, and the sensations there. or connecting with the breath in the body. The breath can be felt in the body as a whole, as the breath comes in and out. Or some people like to feel it more specifically in one area. So in the nostrils or chest or belly or throat. There's somewhere where you can rest your attention. 
You don't need to jump around between any of those. Just allow yourself to become interested in what it's actually like there. What it's like to be a human being today, just breathing very simply, quietly. Sometimes you might find yourself feeling very sleepy. This is also part of the human experience. So you can actually turn your attention to noticing what that's like and get interested in sleepiness. Bitsy feels like the sleepiness is too strong to do that. You can try opening your eyes, letting light in, gazing downwards, or standing in your place. So standing is also a very good meditation posture. If you decide to do that, you can just slowly and mindfully shift from sitting posture to standing posture. Trying to make sure that your legs are awake enough to hold you. And then just stand in place, connecting with the body or the breath. And then just noticing whatever else happens in the mind and the body in that posture. You can stay there for the whole period, or if you feel like you have become awake again, or if you are too tired from standing, you can shift back to sitting posture.
So just resting very gently with the body, with the breath. And then noticing whatever else it is that arises. Noticing where your attention is now. Is it with thinking? Is it with sensations in the body? Is it with hearing?
So just as we can rest attention in the body, we can also rest attention in the field of hearing. So this is just allowing whatever sounds that come to come and to go as they do naturally. So in this last part of the period, if you'd like, you can shift your attention to hearing. Just noticing whatever sounds are there. So shortly when you hear the sound of the bell that marks the end of our sitting period, you can allow the sound to arise in the field of hearing. And notice how it comes on its own, how it arises and then it fades out. And see if you can attend to it, to be with that sound until you can't hear any more ringing. So intermittently your mind might go to thought. You can just notice if it does. And then coming back to the sound again. When the sound is all rung out, then you can open your eyes, return to the sense of the group.
for those who are new to the practice, when you see people doing like this at the end of sitting, it's a gesture of respect that we make at the end of the practice together, of appreciation for uh, sitting together. And also it's kind of like this, the recognition, like refuge in the Buddha. So recognizing both each other's potential for awakening and one's own in that gesture. But it is a completely optional gesture, so you do not have to do that. So we're beginning just very gently in exploring and in being present with these different experiences as they arise. And it can be helpful to have this sense of the body or hearing uh, as a place to rest attention. But also thinking, noticing thoughts and emotions are arising. And that's also helpful to be aware of as part of the practice. So those are not the enemies of your meditation, your thinking or your emotions. It can be helpful also to uh, consider these periods, um, like the morning period and then the afternoon period, kind of as a period unto itself. So Pascal was suggesting sort of surrendering to the schedule. So we'll give the instructions in the walking meditation next. And you might notice as you shift from here to the walking meditation, different thoughts arise of different things you could be doing otherwise, like rearranging your socks or uh, doing this or that. And uh, you can just notice that, how the mind comes up with different ideas. Uh, But it's good to notice that and then, you know, if it's an essential thing, you could take care of it. But otherwise, just to surrender to the schedule. And there's a momentum of the awareness that builds uh, if you can uh, connect continuously as possible. So the practice of mindfulness, it's not hard to do in one moment. It's actually the continuity that is the more uh, challenging thing, and that's the training. So in the moment, if I say, you know, can you feel yourself connecting with the ground? For, it's for one moment, it's easy to do that, right? right? It's not so hard. It's just a continuity of knowing what's actually happening in our experience, including thinking, including hearing, including the body uh, that we're not used to. So staying with the schedule as it moves through its periods can be very uh, helpful. The walking, sitting, yoga, sitting again. And then for those who have been on retreat before, you could actually consider the whole day one period. So the continuity can extend throughout the day, just very gently, hopefully not in an oppressive way, you know, in a gentle, kind, interested way like that. So you can practice with it like that. So we'll give you some uh, instructions in the walking meditation now. And in the end of the next period, we'll take some questions if people have questions about uh, what's happening in their practice so far or the technique or about uh, your sitting posture or something like that. But for now, you can just try it and see how it goes. As you see, we're going to alternate a lot of the sitting with the walking. And uh, of course, there'll be the eating and the yoga in there. But there's a lot of sitting and walking. And sometimes we might think, uh, oh, sitting, meditation is actually sitting. The walking is just a kind of a break or stretch a bit. 
between the sits, you know. It's not the way we view this uh, practice here. For us, the sitting is as important as the, um, as the, the walking is as important as the sitting. And my take on it is that um, what I'm really interested in, and I think we all are, is uh, that this practice is integrated in our life, that we can bring wakefulness, awakeness, presence, in our daily life, while we not just when we're on the cushion, but when we interact with people, go somewhere that we can feel connected. Uh, I think maybe it's a wish that many of us have. You know, we might not want to, uh, would not maybe talk about this in this way, but I think we all want to be connected with life. That's what we're we want uh, is to feel alive. You know, while we are, and so the walking practice has this advantage that we bring. Um, we bring this training of presence with movement because in life we're a lot in movement. We're we're not always sitting absolutely still or pretty still like we do here on the cushion. So um, in order to avoid to make this uh, um, association between stillness and awareness, that's the only way there can be awareness is when there's stillness. It's actually not true. And so the walking is a great way to discover this, that I can actually have fullness of presence as I'm moving about. Yeah? And so in this formal walking practice that we do, it's, uh, we simplify the walking. First is we're not walking anywhere. We're actually, like when we're sitting, we're not doing anything. And so when we walk, we're not actually going anywhere. We're just walking back and forth on this small little path that we create for ourselves. It can be inside or outside, and, we can, and you can change it uh, any uh, walking period. But basically, you'll find a space where you, you will walk back and forth in a very simple way and just see what it is to be a human being walking. You know, what is walking? And can the mind uh, settle on just being there, walking? in a very simple way again. And you'll see the, the mind will be revealed. That's one of the things that will happen. Like suddenly, the, you know, there's this, can you walk back and forth for like 30 minutes? No big challenges for most of us. You know, it's not, uh, there's no threats. You know, it's just walk back and forth, little path. Yet the mind will produce stuff, you know this is not the right place to walk. I should be walking somewhere else. Or I like the way they walk. I should walk like they walk. Or I want to be... It's essential to rearrange my socks. You know? <laughs> yes, go rearrange your socks in your suitcase. You know? Or rehashing the past or worrying about the future when the task is actually extremely simple. Walking back and forth for half an hour. And so... Part of the practice will be that the mind would be, will be revealed. You know, my opinion about it should be shorter or longer or that, this or that. That other place that I visited, we would dance instead, you know. And so the mind will complexify. Maybe, maybe not yours. Mine can totally do that. So, so the practice is just to become aware of this. Oh, problem-making or reaction, obsession, you know, or being lust in a general way. And so just coming back to the immediacy uh, of the practice. And so uh, um, maybe what we could do is just um, 
will, I'll invite you to stand up and be mindful as you stand up so you don't, there's no, no need to be weird in any way. <laughs> we're just going to stand up, but just be aware of the body moving because often we stand up so we're up and we walk so we're there and we wash the dishes so they're washed. And there's a way here where we're changing that culture and we stand up also to be up, but also to be there. It's an occasion to be present and we walk to be there and we might get somewhere also, which is a good thing, you know. And same thing with washing the dishes. They, they'll end up being done, but at least I will also have been there while my life is happening, you know. So I invite you to, uh, to stand up now. just take a moment to feel this new experience. This is a new body now. It's a complete different experience of the body now. At least the legs. It didn't feel like this a few seconds ago. And so we can just connect with this change that just happened. Dramatic change that happened. If you want, you can uh, gently uh, start um, putting your weight on the right side and just feel as it's happening, what's the feeling like? Being embodied, being incarnated, carne, con carne, in the meat. And then switch, uh, uh, switch to uh, or sway to the other side. And let yourself sway a bit from one side to the other. And the simplicity of this. And is it possible to enter that experience as fully as possible Kind of give yourself, give your full attention to this. And then maybe even uh, gently taking a step uh, forward if there's space for you to do that. And just feel everything that is happening is very rich. And the second one maybe the lifting and the weight and lightness, the balance. Then move back even if you want. Feel the life in the feet. Feel the body again. So, as you reach your, um, sorry, sound is happening. As you reach your um, walking path, uh, um, and uh, you can go. Um, I'll name the places maybe. So you, so just the room that is behind uh, us right now, behind, is a walking room, and you can walk back and forth there uh, using that width like this. And uh, underneath this room here, there's another room. I'll attempt to do something that could help. And uh, 
underneath there's a walking room also that you can use. In the annex, some of us uh, stay in the annex there. There's a beautiful little walking room and uh, the porch also. That's the inside places. Some of us stay in uh, what we call the gym underneath. Uh, there's a past the dining room. And so there's a very quiet uh, walking path there for a few people. Or outside on this lawn or there, there's space. We're going to avoid going on the far uh, south lawn there. Yeah. And, so, and we'll also avoid crisscrossing path. It makes things extremely complex. No, you go first. No, you, you know. So you take your little path. And, and then just, um, we'll do this for about half an hour. And you can, um, if you want, start by walking at regular pace and just be embodied. And then maybe as the walking uh, time, uh, as the time uh, advance, you might want to slow down a bit the pace and just feel the legs maybe moving. Maybe you'll get more quiet and even slow down a bit and feel just the feet as they uh, touch, press, lift, move, like this. So you can play with the speeds. Very important, there's a kind of a culture here of um, slow walking. It might be something you want to experiment and play with. It's very good. But it's absolutely underlined not the only way to do mi- mindful walking. So if you're like, oh, I can't do this beautiful, graceful kind of very slow walking, it's not important. The important thing is to be present. That's what the mind does. Sometimes it looks really good, but you know, it's the life, the inner life might <laughs> be like, forgot to call Nicole, I have to call Nicole. <laughs> and so, so you can play with this, but there's no, uh, this, the right speed is the speed that maintains your presence. That, that is the right speed. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's, uh, that's mainly it. So please enjoy the walking and, uh, and we'll come back here in half an hour. Oh, in, yeah, oh, so in 45 minutes, yes, okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.